1: Hello, I am Jesper and I'm Autumn.
2: This is episode 45 of the Am Writing Fantasy podcast and we are going to discuss ways in which you can write not only believable but also compelling and rich dialogue.
1: Yay, we're going so to talk about be dialogue. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, like podcast is also a bit of a dialogue, so uh, I, guess, uh, <laughs> I guess that works.
1: Yeah, we'll be talking about talking. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> that almost sounds a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sure we'll work it out.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. But dialogue is important, so I'm I'm looking forward to get into that. But uh, but before we get that far, I have to say, I mean, we're we're actually recording off schedule uh, right now because normally we record these podcasts on Mondays, and today it's a Wednesday because mm-hmm. I had to shift things around because this week here in Denmark the kids are off school.
1: Ooh. Is it a holiday yeah. for you guys, or?
2: Yeah, it's a school holiday this week. Oh, nice! So, uh, so they are off school uh, from school, and then uh, Monday we uh, we tried to do like a family day and, and just uh, do some stuff together. So we went to the cinema and watched the movie together with the kids, which was nice. <laughs> and then yesterday, uh, I after work, um, after I was done with my work day, I, I then drove my uh, the, uh, our kids off and uh, you know delivered them to my mother's place but that's uh, across the country so i think by us standards it's not that far but uh, <laughs> here in denmark it's a two and a half hour drive each way which is quite a lot in this country <laughs> so uh, I drove them there in the afternoon, then I had some dinner and then I drove back. So I was back here home at midnight yesterday and then I was up this morning and I think I've been working for 11 hours today. So <laughs> I, I can feel it a bit now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> say, so if you get a little loopy or low energy towards the end, we'll know why. But yeah, driving two and a half hours, I think that's sort of like driving across most states, but I was going to say Texas, I think is eight hours across. So you're you're a smaller state <laughs> is what would yeah. be like here. <laughs>
2: yeah our our country here is not that big to be honest (laughs) but 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 that's actually nice when you have to get around right and you don't have to drive that far
1: yeah exactly no i think i i think a cozy community and even cozy states because yeah it feels more like you know community you get to know places really intimately so i think that's actually a huge benefit um I can't tell you how many, as we were driving the last three years um, across the entire country, how many times we met people, you know, from the Midwest who'd never seen the ocean or maybe they'd only seen Lake Superior, just mm. people who'd never seen the mountains or never seen the desert. And, you know, we're actually, I'm really odd. my husband and I, we, to have seen as much as we have across of the United States. So that
0: mm.
1: kind of changes your perspective a little bit. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I, I mean for sure here in this country, if if you don't travel, then you know outside the country to other countries, then you will never see a mountain. <laughs> that's just impossible.
1: It's true. We have something.
2: We have something we, we call a mountain in. Uh, it's it's based, It's in Jutland, in the middle of Jutland. Uh-huh. And I I am going off memory here, and I could be wrong, but it's like 250 meters high or something <laughs> like that. So, <laughs> that's how <our> a mountain.
1: <laughs> it's like a
2: hill. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> that's that's why every time I sent pictures of the mountains and the Rockies, you're like, Wow, that's amazing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I love mountains. Uh, We went to Greece two years ago, Um, uh, and there was mountains outside the windows. And also when we went to New Zealand two years ago, I mean, I love that the nature stuff that it's so different from from my own country here.
1: uh, Well, you make me think when we finally get to meet up in person, we'll have to like make it somewhere in like the Rockies just so you can see some mountains.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's cool. Uh, Or a huge forest and stuff like that is also cool. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. There's so many spectacular places like that. Glacier Next National Park, for anyone who's in Montana, um, I think is one of the prettiest national parks in the United States. It is just all inspiring, astounding. And I have to admit, the first time I saw it was just in the fall, right after a light snow, and all the mountaintops were white, and the trees still had some color, and it was just like... Wow, it was amazing. 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 So I cannot wait to someday get back there hopefully soon. But it's funny. So you're talking about your week. And you know, this. a lot of the readers or listeners will not but I've been actually helping out at a cafe. It's actually friends downtown. And it's only been open for like five or six months. And here, recording this, this is only like mid October. So it's released, you know, much later. But we're just getting into the height of halloween here in maine and uh, we just had this huge festival called pumpkin fest and so there's these massive i think the winner was 1800 pounds um, that was the largest pumpkin grown so they have these massive pumpkins and they put them all downtown and they decorate them there was like lanterns fish there's a uh dragon, there's Audrey from the Little Shop of Horrors, there's hedgehogs. It's just so much fun. But the fun thing is is I've never I you know I love tea. I'm not a coffee drinker, mm-hmm. though my husband is. Um, And then to, I'm a baker, so they've made huge use of my baking skills, but to be thrown into uh, a cafe setting and trying to learn this espresso machine and what a macchiato is, I couldn't even pronounce macchiato, like five (laughs) days ago, a cortado, and actually kind of starting to pick up what some of these drinks are, is really fun. And it's humbling. I think anyone who thinks that they are top of their game in something in life, needs to go do something entirely new, a brand new enterprise at least once a year, so that you can be a little bit humbled and realize you are... (laughs) You got. You're not top of everything. You may be an awesome whatever you are—calligrapher, cross stitcher, cross country skier. I don't know whatever you're. So obvious. Hopefully, a writer. If you're listening to this, you may be so so very good. But it is so humbling to throw yourself back into something entirely new, especially in a sink or swim situation with thousands, You know all these people coming in from the parade, and oh, it was just a madhouse. But it was kind yeah. of fun. I actually managed to keep up with the twenty-somethings I work was working with. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's another humbling experience when they're talking about what they want to major in. You're like, oh, oh uh,
2: yeah, yeah, oh back yeah, in the I, day. You know, I, I, I- yeah, I don't drink coffee either, and I, I half of what you just mentioned, I don't understand <laughs> either. <so.
1: laughs> no, I will say the biggest surprise for me is one of my coworkers said, "You've got to try a dirty chai." I'm like, "What the heck is a dirty chai?" What's that? They, yeah, they knew I like tea, so a dirty chai is a sh- hot chai with a shot of espresso in it and as far as i'm concerned tea and coffee should never meet i've sent back Love water
2: is, yeah that was just what i was thinking too yeah
1: i've sent back water that had been run through the coffee pot going i do not want coffee yeah. water i want real water no. i am such a yeah. tea snob totally just yeah i know i admit that but oh my gosh dirty chives <laughs> there especially I, I do decaf because i cannot do espressos um but it tastes like kind of like a rich warm pumpkin pie you don't taste the coffee it just really? makes it deeper and richer so anyone else out there who is crazy like me and thinks coffee and tea should never meet try a dirty chai or maybe don't because i have to admit now i'm slightly addicted and that's gonna go with me for a long after the cafe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will stick with uh, me for a while.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, no. Just wait, you know, before you know when uh, of it then you will start drinking coffee as well and then you're addicted to that.
1: No, I only drink coffee on I like coffee on and only decaf again on rainy days because to me coffee tastes like mud and there's just something about muddy cold days. I'm like, "Oh, I could go for a cup of coffee. It kind of feels like that's the weather." But I have to admit an, a nice earl grey is much better on a rainy day. Right, right. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. I mean, and yeah, as, uh, I think we both have uh, had quite busy, busy yeah. times going on. Uh, actually, over the past week as well, not only this week, but also last week, um, I've been preparing notes for our completely free course that we are going to release probably, I don't know, in 2020. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's been really busy, but I thought that maybe I should just give a very, very quick, like short overview of, of the modules that, that I'm currently making the notes for. If, do you think that would be good?
1: I think that'd be awesome. I know you showed them to me and they I just cannot wait for this course. It's going to be so awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. So maybe I could just do a quick rundown, of course, for the listener. It's going to take a while before all this is done, but, <laughs> but maybe just as a, as a short teaser or something here, but yeah. Uh, So module one, we entitle why 2% of authors succeed and 98% don't. And uh, in that module, we're going to share a bit of of the myth that people believe about self-publishing and what it really takes to make it. And that's followed by module two, which is the mindset that most authors don't understand. Um, And I guess that title pretty much says it all. (laughs) (laughs) So apart from making you understand how... uh, how you should understand your future career as an author, we also share our top five tips you need to know in order to make it. And that is followed by module three, which is the author platform. Um, And I think author platform is like a term that is often thrown around. But but here in this module three, at least, we're going to lay out exactly what it is, how to build it, and how to make it work for you.
1: Yeah, fantastic.
2: And module four is uh, how do online retailers like Amazon actually work? So hmm. we're going to talk uh, about the online landscape of uh, book selling retailers, and explain which factors will actually affect your sales. And I, I think that one module four is is pretty tightly knitted together with module five, which is Amazon explains. Uh, <laughs> Amazon explained is what we called it because basically. Whether we like it or not, Amazon is an incredibly important to all indie author and authors and it's therefore really important to understand how the algorithm actually works and uh, how to make your books appear in searches and a lot more. So, and yeah, also I'm going to share how you can become an Amazon best-selling author as well mm. in that module. <laughs> and then maybe your favorite topic, uh, order module six is book
1: covers. Hey! hey I love book covers.
2: <laughs> yeah. And they are also amazingly important. So we're going to go go deep into the topic of book covers in module six and explain everything you need to know about that. And the same can be said about module seven on book descriptions. That's also important. So we'll also cover that. And module eight, I I have a feeling that this is one of those where some love it, some hate it. It's about advertising (laughs) uh, because... I mean, in here in 2019, nobody can make it without advertising. So there's an entire module dedicated to that topic. And then once we have read uh, or written our books, then we need to launch them. So module nine is going to share some proven strategies on how to make your book launch successful. And then module 10 is the cornerstone you can't live without. Can you guess what (laughs) that is? You can probably remember.
1: Oh shoot, I do remember, but now I can't think of the- it's <laughs> on the the tip of my tongue <laughs> <laughs> oh, You didn't say this was a quiz indeed. show. <laughs> no,
2: indeed. Ah, oh, that was not fair of me. Uh, it's it's email, Margaret, email That's,
1: list. Uh, yes, that I remember that one now. It was just only fitting because I only just sent out my newsletter yesterday, so
2: <laughs> Right, indeed, yeah. So we're gonna share some some facts about email marketing in in that module ten, and then of course, and if you have not done so already, you need to get go and, and get your email list started today. Yes. So uh, all of that we're gonna give for free. I can't and, believe uh,
1: we're yeah. giving all this away for free. This is such yeah. I don't a know. Huge,
2: we're a bit crazy. Of
1: course, <laughs> it would be and great. We though. are a
2: bit insane. I think.
1: I think we are, <laughs> but uh, I've always said that, so that's all right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, indeed. I mean, I've looked around a bit. Um, Of of course, we we have, uh, well, this is the way we have decided to structure it and what what we have decided to do. But if we compare to slightly similar courses, uh, I guess we could call it, uh, I've looked around and they usually charge for about $500 for this type of information. So uh, yeah, I don't know. We are stupid. (laughs) Or they're
1: going to be mad at us. So.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's still all still early days, and um, but I have my notes completed for half the course by now, so wow. we are making good progress.
0: Yay! A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast.
2: So maybe just uh, in prolongation, can you say that? Prolongation? <laughs> prolongation. I don't know. Uh, it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. But uh, adding on to uh, uh, the, the free course that I was just talking about, uh, we also sh- I shared it, uh, the course modules on Patreon as well to our Patreon supporters. And we really got a, a lot yeah. of nice messages back. So
1: that was nice. Yeah, they're really excited about this course. And I mean, I'm excited about the course, but it's always good. I mean good to get feedback and find out it's really going to be valuable and really appreciate hearing that. So it makes us more excited to get it done. Yeah, exactly. And of course, at the
2: point in time where you're listening to this podcast episode, those who support us on Patreon have already known about this course, these Mm. course modules that I just shared for several weeks. Uh, yes. because uh, we do try to maintain a close relationship uh, to the people on patreon and apart from the awesome rewards that we're offering there we are also we also mm-hmm. share dedicated posts about writing every week so there's a lot of additional tips and advice that you can pick up on patreon and we even had our monthly q a session recently
0: so yeah go
2: check out patreon via the link in the show notes and uh there's a lot of help you can get there for as little as a dollar a month.
1: Yes, it was really awesome to see the comments on the course. And actually, because when we're listening to this, when we're recording it, it's going to be different from when we launched. But as we're recording this, we only just released episode 42, which was the one where I really gave some personal tips and feedback on how uh, overwhelmed I hope my summer was going. And the comments, of course, Pat, the Patreon numbers got that early, which was So I got to get that before I hit the general public on Monday. (laughs) So it was nice to get those like, yes, thank you. You know, it's so important. But then even once it hit uh, the general public was a general release, the comments I've gotten back from so many authors and people who are saying this is not just, you know, authors, but so much of today's life is dealing Mm. with being overwhelmed and too many tasks and not knowing how to sort them out. So, one, I appreciate all the positive messages um, with people thanking me for sharing that. But also just wanted to give another shout out to everyone else. If you're feeling overwhelmed and just struggling, you're not alone. I've heard from so many people that if it's not something you're going through now, it's something you've gone through so Yeah, you know, always reach out, talk to someone, take a deep breath. I used to joke when I was um, at my day job and was a manager that if it wasn't life, death or world peace, I was not going to get worked up. So, uh, you know, reach out to people, keep that in mind and realize that, you know, if no one's going to die... if you know you're not going to save someone's life with this news or you know you're not going to solve all the problems in the world and all wars will immediately stop uh, go just take a breath it's going to be okay to take you know a few minutes off a half an hour off a day off and get your head on straight or at least get back to feeling a little bit like yourself don't don't keep pressing yourself to the point of collapse there's no there's nothing to be gained in that
2: no no yeah i'm not good at that either to be honest so i'm listening to your advice here as well
1: oh you better (laughs) well i heard you're going to the movies maybe with your wife while your kids are away so i think that's a very good thing exactly
0: and on to today's topic
2: dialogue yes this is the uh, i guess this this conversation can go in all kinds of directions
1: <laughs> <It> Can <laughs> dialogue is so important from a great way to share character stuff a great way to break up the prose in your novel uh, giving out information and hinting at things i mean it's so exciting and so important it's an amazingly useful tool if you can get it right <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that well that's the trick with with all of the writing stuff really it really um, is <laughs> yeah but but I think as well uh, when we're talking about dialogue uh, we can get all into into how to to write the good dialogue and all that but but even before we get that far I think there is a mechanical point around dialogue to make as well mean and what I mean by that is that uh, apart from dialogue, keeping the story interesting and, and you know moving moving quickly for the reader, all those white spaces that appear when you start adding dialogue and, and the shorter lines that appear on the page, it just the mechanics part of that. I don't know if you can call it mechanics, but but you know once you read pages in a book where okay here's a lot of white space, there's shorter lines, so you can see the dialogue is going on, it just makes for a greater reader experience. So so there is that added benefit for. For, the, for dialogue, which has nothing to do with writing the dialogue, but, but, but I think that's an important point to make as well.
1: I do too. I mean, it, it definitely breaks up the page visually, just like if anyone writes blog posts and stuff, there's a lot of techniques to making sure you have white space around what you're writing or breaking it up with quotes and things. Dialogue does the exact same thing. You have pages and pages of prose. And plus, by following dialogue correctly and having lots of line breaks and the shorter sentences, you actually add to your page count so you know i know a lot of first-time authors and they're like how many pages is this going to be when it comes a novel and you know add more dialogue you'll actually get a little yeah. bit longer extended page count than you might have if you even despite your word count so it's kind of fun that way
2: right yeah true uh, although i would say I, I don't really care how long it's going to be i mean it's it's it, as long as it takes to tell the story right
1: that is actually a very good comment, and one that they've been debating on the am writing fantasy uh, Facebook group. I just noticed, so that was kind right, of right, very okay, funny. Yeah.
2: Mm, okay, cool. So I have I've sort of prepared some notes or a list of different things that I probably have like ten different topics oh, here I or something, know. but but I don't know. Where do we want to start? Should I just uh, grab one, and then you 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 take some of your points as well, or how do you want to do it?
1: Yes. Why don't you? Since you are the list maker, why don't we start with that? And like I mentioned <laughs> before we started. <laughs> That's my job. That is your job. You're good at making lists. Um, I've written, I think, a series of four or five. Uh, blog posts that are on the Am Writing Fantasy website. So I have those. And um yes, it's gonna be almost like a it is gonna be a little bit like a quiz show. You start with your list and I will chime in with the tips I've done and add to even the ones I added on the blog post. Okay.
2: Okay. Uh yeah. So there's no particular order to this at all. This is just uh it's gonna go a bit here and a bit there. <laughs> these are just the points that I noted down or that I wanted to make. Uh, And I think the first one I could start with is that all dialogue needs to have some sort of purpose. Oh, yes. You know, all the... If you compare to real life, when we start talking to people, a lot of the times, at least if it's not like somebody you know really well, you'll start talking about pleasantries, like uh, talking about the weather or some ice-breaking stuff, and all that you need to kill when it comes to dialogue. Uh, Between characters, even if they don't know each other, we don't want to read about what they think about the weather and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that's really boring. So you need to build towards something concrete, Uh, concrete within that scene with your dialogue so that there is no pointless dialogue. That's really important.
1: I agree. And one of my least favorite pieces of advice on writing dialogue is to listen to people talking around you. That is horrible. Have you listened to people talking around you? They usually don't make any sense. They're using like (laughs) OMG and Lots of ums and weird, you know, you can't follow often with writing dialogue. You actually need to add in some explanation, and it's like jumping to the heart of a personal to person conversation between people who either know each other really well, that, but you still need to explain something. It's totally different from listening to someone if you're sitting at a cafe, because there's a lot of pointless dialogue that goes on at cafes. You have to have a purpose, and there's a lot of different purposes you could have. It could be sharing information. It could be character building. It could be something humorous. There are but there is a purpose, and you got to get to the heart of it very quickly. You can't sit there and kind of beat about the bush and you know talk about, like you said, the weather. What are we having <laughs> for dinner? Why is he late? Unless, of course, the why he's late is really important because he just got eaten by an ogre. Okay, so yeah, that's better. Or yeah. dragon? Oh, dragon! <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that 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 actually um, well puts me right on the path to the next point that oh. I was making uh, because. When you, uh, you know, listening to others or listening to real speeches is indeed, I I was also going to say that it's a bad idea. First of all, there might be a lot of slang words and you don't want to have a lot of slang words in your writing because readers don't understand what's going on. It seems seems confusing. So you don't want that. And you also want to kill any filler words or at least reduce them to the absolute minimum. So when we're talking here on the podcast, uh, we have our, you know, speech, um, what is it called? Like... Limit Not limitations, but we have our habits in how we are speaking. Correct. And uh, either some people say a lot of um, or <laughs> some people say like all the time, yeah. or whatever it may be. But we need to kill all that stuff when we are writing dialogue. And uh, you, you're not supposed to write realistic speech with a, with a lot of those filler words. But you're more supposed to write interesting dialogue, I would say, or interesting things that the characters are saying that leads towards some sort of purpose.
1: Exactly. I read a book once where they literally had someone, instead of writing exclaimed in glee, which would have been fine. They actually used the dialogue of wee! And I was like, oh, this is what? horrible. <laughs> use exclaimed in glee. Don't use actual descriptions of wees or ums or likes. And I know a lot of people want to add in like some kind of character characteristic phrase well that's fine but you still don't put it in every single sentence and if you're from the no. 80s and you remember the valley girl phase where it was like um like this like that that's so cool you don't need to add that to your dialogue either uh unless you happen to be writing a really obnoxious teenager and even then please keep it to a minimum just you know twice in a chapter just show it and that's about it
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can you can write the um here and there in a, in a rare occasion if there's a, if you're trying to make a a point that the character is really unsure in the situation or something. Then <sighs> here and there it can be okay, but but you really need to keep it short and you need to let dialogue flow naturally, mm-hmm. um, and then get to the point instead of all that blah 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 stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's just uh, that's just it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. So what's, um, yeah, what's the next one? Next one. Let me see here. So next one is that, of course, well, this is a bit of a, well, almost formatting type of way, but it's also a good idea to make sure that you give each speaker their own paragraph so that it's easy to distinguish who's actually saying something because I, I don't know, and sometimes in books uh, mm-hmm. it's not really clear who's saying what, and you go back and you reread the section two times to understand who said that. And that is really annoying. It, it, so it. you don't want to do
1: that. No, it can throw the reader totally out of the story. Cause they're trying to figure out who's talking and who actually has the information. And that's horrible. And I mean, this one is so important. I actually wrote an entire blog post on formatting and yeah, if you, every speaker should get their own, You know, paragraph and then a space. And so, yeah, you might end up having, you know, three words and maybe a dialogue tag or an action tag or maybe not, depending on how many people are speaking. So you might have three words and then you're hitting, you know, the paragraph return again for the next person speaking. That's okay. That's like what we were talking at the top when we first started. It creates white space. It's a visual break. You do not need to make dialogue look as packed as an info dump, which shouldn't be in your novel anyway. You don't want it to look like this heavy prose. It should be this little, you know, almost like poetry. Lots of spaces and white and different varying sentence lengths. That's kind of what makes it fun.
2: Mm, yeah, and that, that varying sentence length is, is a good point as well. Yeah. Um... And especially also don't don't make the really really long monologues. I mean, nobody wants to read that either.
1: No, there should definitely that's even some annoying back and and in real life. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> very very true. That one is so that is a real life example you can follow, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely back and forth. You want to have some play of words, and again, that's what makes dialogue fun because it's purpose like i said it can actually have multiple purposes so one of them should definitely be you know ramping up tension maybe and getting some sparring going and for that you're going to have really short sentences
2: mm, true true and i don't know this next one it it might sound a bit weird when we're talking mm-hmm. about dialogue but uh, <laughs> but it's still applicable and that is don't forget a to use silence as well you know it, it can work really well when a char- character suddenly just falls silence instead of uh arguing that that works really well
1: it was i have a car- character from my dystopian post-apocalyptic series that he is a master i wish i could master this oh my gosh i try to channel him all the time but uh <laughs> he just jared he can he knows that people will just start talking to fill that silence and eventually yes. they're going to reveal what it is. He's waiting for them to reveal. He's so darn good, but yes, that is perfect to have one character who is basically controlling the sentence or maybe just he's not, they're not ready to say something. That's fantastic. They can just fall silent. And I think that is fantastic advice.
2: Yeah. And I think, <sighs> If if you look at maybe the reason why a lot of the time we don't think about writing or writing silence that sounds really weird, <laughs> but maybe a lot of the times why we don't think about it is because in real life it feels extremely awkward. Now, I have um, I've been negotiating contracts and stuff like that with with clients in my in my um, uh, day job uh, thing <laughs> for, for many 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 times. And one of the things, it is incredibly difficult to do, but one of the things that works wonderfully well is if you're negotiating something and you've sort of, you've made your points, and then, of course, the other party will argue that uh, they want something else, a lot of the times it works amazingly just to keep quiet, <laughs> just sit there. Because they can't, people cannot take it that there is just a silence. So they'll start talking about something. And sooner or later, they will start giving you something. Because, uh, well, okay, maybe we can do like this and that. And, uh, yeah, okay, maybe we could. You know, uh, <laughs> Of course, you do try when negotiating. Of course, you, you are trying to make a win-win situation rather than a win-lose situation. But but if they're really not botching anywhere, it, it, sometimes it works wonderfully well to just keep silent and let them do the talking. Because they're going to come up with some suggestion all of a sudden. And then you have something to work from. <laughs>
1: I have this visualization of someone going into their like annual review now and their boss is telling them all this stuff and they just kind of sit there like, uh-huh, your point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm not sure if we're giving that kind of advice right now, but consider no. silence the next time you're in a tough negotiation.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you like a $20 pay raise and then you just sit there for si- silent looking at the boss. You, are you happy with that? Still silence. <laughs> see how that works
1: I love it how about 25 does that make you happy
2: yeah still silence
1: (laughs) if anyone uses this technique please let us know yeah Yeah.
2: I would love to hear a story about that
1: (laughs) alright so the next next tip Uh, next tip is
2: remember that uh, in many cases actually characters won't actually say precisely what they're thinking and Mm. this is also what we do in real life all the time um, but if if you are making dialogue where the character is just laying out exactly how they feel about something and exactly what their plan is, it, it's, it feels extremely unrealistic. And, and people don't talk like that. No. So you shouldn't do that in writing either.
1: Exactly. And so many people are not really that self-aware. So your character shouldn't be that self-aware. Maybe they're just like, something's bothering me or I don't think we should go that way. And they're not really articulating why or what their overall plans or overall hopes are. Maybe it should just be, you know, those kind of loose terms like, hopefully we can make it through the pass if we leave early in the morning. That's better than saying we will get up in the morning and we're going to go to the pass and we're going to get through. And no, it sounds better if you at least make some possibilities and kind of couch it in those little terms of not quite sure. Though I have to admit, I sometimes also say when you're writing, you know, get rid of those questionable things. You know, people don't do things halfway. But when it comes to dialogue, that's okay. You can have some quasi, I'm not really sure of statements. But when you're doing mm. action, you either do it or you don't do it. Don't do these mm. almost. You know, yeah, Get rid of all the almost unless it's in dialogue, then it's okay. Yeah, and, I, and sometimes
2: as well, uh, people say one thing, but they mean something else. Um, so that's also something to consider.
1: Absolutely. And it's also just, you know, it's great, too, if you're on the point of v- point of view of someone who's a very powerful character and a great manipulator. So you can know, you can have them thinking one thing or, you know you could have them really manipulating through their dialogue. And that's really fun for the reader to start figuring out that, wait, no, they weren't, they were thinking something else. And now they're doing this. Why are they doing this curiosity? Oh, that drives readers nuts and keeps them reading.
2: Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so I have one more, um, and then you, you can fill in if you have more after that. Um, (laughs) you probably have, Uh, but, um, this one is uh, its one that can really drive me nuts sometimes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> mm. These are uh, speech tags.
1: Ah, that's actually what I was going to bring up too. So I know there's um, this huge advice out there that said always use said. And I've gotten into a lot of debate about this with other authors. So what do you think? Should you always use said?
2: No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh,
1: I think... Uh,
2: I think it's on writing that if, you know the book from Stephen King mm-hmm. I think I think it's him saying in that book that if you're writing he said or she said it's almost invisible to the reader because our eye sort of just skims over it we we register if it says he or she but otherwise we don't really notice it and and I think there is some truth to that mm-hmm. uh, but if that's all you're doing there's not much variance in your speech tax oh. tags and, and there should be
1: yes um, and I think especially I, I, for fantasy um we have a little bit more allowance to use the adverbs, the adjectives, add in those descriptors, uh, than say if you're writing, you know, well, okay, scientific something. But it's definitely I think we're allowed to be a little more flavorful for with our words. And that's kind Mm. of fun. I mean, I think it's a lot more fun. So yeah, I I agree. The said's, you know, maybe 50% if of the actual dialogue tags which again you don't need to just use dialogue tags but definitely like you know you don't have to use set 100 percent of the time it's just boring
2: it is absolutely and and i think the the other thing this this is this is the part that that drives me nuts sometimes is when speech tags are used incorrectly (laughs) (laughs) and by that what i mean is that if you're using the L, Y adverbs. So you're saying, like, he said angrily, or she said sadly, or something like that. It drives me absolutely (laughs) bonkers. And there is, I think, there is this tendency to use those ly adverbs uh, because that's how we 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 think that it shows emotion. But in fact, it doesn't. We're back to the show don't tell, which I think we have mentioned probably a hundred times already. But it is just much much more engaging if you're using the actions instead. You know, you, you can describe how the facial expressions are showing that he's angry or anything like that, or maybe. Uh, maybe a tear rolls down the cheek uh, because Mm. uh, the person is sad or or they slam the door or whatever they do but but that sort of dialogue tag is a million times better than writing she says sadly it's like what the and i was just about to say beep
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'll do a beep for you no I, i agree i i think in the blog post on adverbs i wrote that if You know, the first time the character, the reader hears that the character is angry, is because of using angry. You know, shouted angrily, which I hopefully never would ever use, shouted angrily. But if that's the first time the reader sees that the character is angry, is because you just told them in a dialogue tag Mm -hmm. with an adverb. Oh, you're not doing this right. No, (laughs) it's not supposed to work that way. You're supposed to be showing the emotion. You could use shouted instead of said. That's a great one. But yes, slam the cup against the floor, hit the wall. Gestures, you know, moving so quickly that they knock something over to show, you know, some kind of emotion. And those are often called action tags. So if you said, I don't know what you mean, and then said, as he slammed, you know, the cup onto the table, that is an action tag. And you immediately relate That whoever is speaking is also doing the action. So, of course, this would all be in just one paragraph. And then when you switch to the next speaker, you go to the next paragraph. But those are action tags versus the dialogue tags like shouted, swore, whispered. Those are dialogue tags. And, you know, you can intersperse, use one or the other. Some people prefer to use one. I think a mix is great. And again, if there's only two people speaking and they're alternating pretty regularly, you can go a couple lines without using any tags. As long as you, you know, either throw in an action tag, you make sure the reader doesn't get too confused. You don't go like six lines with no nothing, (laughs) but definitely like three or four. Sometimes that is visually fun and makes it go really quick when two people are having a very intense exchange to just skip the dialogue or action tags, as long as it's only two people. Once you throw in the third, you're going to have to make sure everyone knows who's talking.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, and, and of course it could be difficult to come up with new stuff or new mm. ways to express um, emotions and all that. And and we can also end up repeating a lot of the same stuff uh, because that's just how we work when we don't think about it. <laughs> but uh, I actually wanted to mention, and I can put the link in the show notes to these, but there are some really, really awesome books that you can buy that it's going to help you a lot. And um, these are, it's like a series Mm. Uh, but it's written by Angela Ackerman and Becca Puglisi. I think that's how you say it. Mm. But it's basically, uh, you can get like a writer's guide to character flaws, a writer's guide to character attributes. Uh, so these are called the Negative Traut, uh, Trait Thesaurus and the Positive Trait Thesaurus. All right. And what you can do with these books is that basically it just has tons of different uh, uh, like a uh, traits. so I can look up anything like uh, I can see okay ignorant for example and then this uh, I'm I'm just doing it now of course you can't see it but <laughs> so it'll have it'll have like a, a whole list of like 40 different associated behaviors to being ignorant oh. and then there'll be like 40 different things that you can then use as inspiration on, on how to show it when it, in uh, you know when writing that's fantastic and how the character might react and how uh, how they might you know what they might do mm-hmm. uh, and so forth and so forth so it's 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 really amazing and it, it works extremely well especially when you're in the editing phase and and mm-hmm. you're trying to make your dialogue tags better then use these books as inspiration and um, and try to ver- you know vary your dialogue tags it it really helps a lot these books so i will i'll put a link to them into the in the show notes so if you're interested
1: yeah and are they the ones who also wrote the emotional thesaurus because i know i've seen that one yes yes those are they're fantastic inspiration for really enhancing your writing and being able to show emotions other than the heart palp, you know chest the heart beating in the chest and the brows scrunching. There's so much more to emotion. Fighting your lip. <laughs> and <whatnot>. your, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a lot of other ones in there. And and you can pick some of those tweaks and give one specifically to a character that helps with your character building. And I think that's, you know, yeah, it's fantastic. And they're great books. Absolutely. Uh, okay. That's the end of my list, Autumn. Do you have more about dialogue I think I go into a little bit more in the blog post. Maybe we should, you know, link to them or at least tell folks, you know, check out the Fantasy website and look up the dialogue tips there because there's four or five blog posts that we've covered. And they actually, part of it is like just taking the same set of words and slowly adding to them so that you can see a dialogue developing into something that's, you know, different and more concrete. And that might give you some tips too, to get going. And there, if you want more questions on action tags and dialogue tags and when you should or shouldn't use adverbs, that is all posted in there. So that'll help make it a little bit more clear if you're visual and listening in and want to look at something, (laughs)
2: they're there. Yeah. Well, of course, we always want to make things easy. So we'll put a link to those uh, articles or blog posts in, in the show notes as well. So there's a lot of good stuff you can link or you can click in the show notes this time around and, and check out yourself. So that was all about uh, dialogue. And uh, next week, we're gonna we're going to have another amazing episode. So see you there.
0: If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.